Welcome to the Landmark Podcast. I'm Jason Calhoun, pastor of Landmark Pentecostal Church in Texarkana, Texas. We encourage you to visit us on the web at landmarkupc.net for a schedule of services and upcoming events. We pray that you are blessed by the message today. Thank you again for listening. Kings chapter number 20, 1 Kings chapter number 20, and this is probably for many of us a familiar text of scripture. Nevertheless, I'm just going to read not the entirety of this story, but just kind of sprinkle through these uh, verses, different ones that I want to read instead of reading the entirety of the text. 1 Kings chapter 20 and verse 23. And the servants of the king of Syria said unto him, Their gods are the gods of the hills. Therefore they were stronger than we. But let us fight against them in the plain, and surely we shall be stronger than they. Skipping down to verse 28. And there came a man of God and spake unto the king of Israel and said, Thus saith the Lord, because the Syrians have said, The Lord is God of the hills, but he is not a God of the valleys. Therefore will I deliver this great multitude unto thine hand, and ye shall know that I am the Lord. And they pitched over against the other seven days, and so it was that in the seventh day, The battle was joined, and the children of Israel slew of the Syrians a hundred thousand footmen in one day. That's a whole lot of victory, isn't it? That's a whole lot of lot of uh, God coming through for you. And uh, I just want to preach a very simple subject tonight, but I feel it nevertheless on my heart. He's a God of the valley. He's a God of the valley. Would you lift your hands with me and let's pray together that the Lord would help us. His strength, his anointing, his power would be in this place. Jesus, we're praying, God, for your hand to be upon us, favor us tonight. Let there be liberty to preach your word. I pray, God, that you and your anointing would break and destroy every yoke that is in this house. I pray that you'd give freedom to the lives of people and encourage folks tonight. We thank you and praise you for it. In Jesus' name, would you clap your hands to him again? Thank you so much for standing, and you may be seated. I've been in this thing for quite a long time, and I have observed some things while living for the Lord and being raised, or pretty much raised, around the church. And one of the things that we do when uh, we are, are gauging our relationship with God and our walk with God, we equate our relationship with God and describe it in terms of peaks and valleys. We equate mountaintop experiences in our relationship with God with being the ultimate, with being the exciting and the thrilling and the place of blessing and the place where we feel the joy of the Lord, or whatever it is that we need to conquer, 
We need victory in. That's how we describe it. I'm, I'm on the mountaintop. I, I'm feeling uh, the anointing and the power of Almighty God. And contrarywise, when we dis- or equate uh, valley experience, we always think of it as being something negative. We think of it as a low place or a struggle for us, a challenge for us spiritually. So consequently, when we endeavor to get people living for God and encourage them, we're always trying to get them out of the valley and on the mountaintop. And uh, you've heard a lot of songs sang about it. You've heard a lot of sermons preached about it. A lot of us talk in those terms. And I do understand the reasoning behind that. I understand the concept of why uh, we, we speak of it that way. I understand the premise behind it. But when you look into the Word of the Lord, you'll begin to find a pattern in the Old and New Testament concerning uh, valleys and mountaintops. You, you'll understand that there is a lot of these places that are spoken of in the Scripture. And uh, when, you, when you understand this, you'll have a different view of what the valley really is in your life. Isaiah, when he was describing our walk with God, relationship with the Lord, he said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. So he speaks of it in this way. He he talks about flying and he talks about running and then he speaks about walking and uh, that's exactly the opposite of the progression that we learn in our natural life or as human beings matter of fact we first as human beings learn what it is to walk and uh, we we stumble and we we get all the scrapes and the cuts and the bruises to prove that we've learned how to walk as a child. You know, every little two-year-old child that you see or three-year-old child, uh, they call it what? They call it the terrible twos and the tumbling threes. And they they know how to walk, or at least they think they do, but their little feet won't keep up with them and where they want to go. And so they stumble and they find the coffee table or the corner or the door uh, that is half shut. And uh, they bear the marks on their body. And they've got little bruises and knots on them because they're learning how to walk. But it isn't long in that progression that they eventually get a little weary with walking. And you have a hard time catching them because uh, they learn how to run. And everywhere they're running. And then, uh, not so much as physically, but in emotions and our experiences, we learn how to fly. We learn how to soar. But in your relationship with God, it starts out a lot of times exactly the opposite. We start out in the most exhilarating and the most euphoric experience in all the world. And that is when you get the chance to come down to an altar, repent of those sins that have kept you bound for however many years before, you get a chance to come down and unload those burdens You get a chance to go to the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. 
for the remission of those sins, and you do understand what that word remission means, it means abated or stopped, the progress of is stopped. When, when cancer goes into remission, that means that it's no longer uh, working in the body, but it's been stopped, and uh, the progression of it has been halted. That's what the waters of baptism not just in the titles, not just in the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but in the name of Jesus, the Bible says, when you're baptized in that name, it remits sin in your life. It arrests that sin. It doesn't matter how powerful it was. It doesn't matter what authority it may have had before in your life. When it comes to the name of Jesus, the name takes power over that. The name takes authority and dominion over that. You may have been addicted, but you don't have to stay addicted. You may have been bound, but you don't have to stay stay bound you may have been chained but you don't have to stay chained the name of Jesus Christ is able to sever those chains in your life I just won't stop right here and say if you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus you don't know what you're missing you need to get baptized in Jesus name I said you need to get baptized in Jesus' name. And when that happens, things that you wasn't able to get free from, you could suddenly get free from. You'll be able to praise like the rest of us and feel what the rest of us feel. You'll feel the joy. You'll feel the peace. You'll feel the strength and the power of God in your life. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's what happens when the name is spoken over you in Jesus' name, baptism. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And uh, I'm just telling you that that's an experience that, that takes place, but it doesn't stop there. As good as that is, when you take on Christ, you put on Christ, as I talked about Wednesday night, through taking on his name in baptism. The scripture tells us that there's an experience that is awaiting you called the Holy Ghost. I've received a lot of wonderful gifts in my life. Matter of fact, this last weekend, you as a church honored us, and I'm thankful, very thankful, that you are always so considerate and kind and gracious to uh, give us really more than what we deserve. And I appreciate that so much. I've received many gifts in my life. I, I was one of those uh, children that always eagerly was waiting for Christmas to come around. Now, if you don't believe in Christmas, you just have to excuse the rest of us because we do. Amen. Amen. And uh, we're just looking for an opportunity, you know. Uh, and uh, I, I'd shake those things. I'd hold them up. I'd size them up. I, I, would, uh, I, would, uh, I would dream about what I thought they were. And I couldn't hardly wait. The night before on Christmas Eve, you know, my parents were those old-fashioned kind that you could not open gifts until the day of Christmas. And, uh, you know, and they didn't, they didn't mess around and give you give you the 12 days of Christmas before or anything like that. You had to wait till the day of, you know, old-fashioned kind. But it was worth it when you got to go in there and got to discover those gifts. But I'm going to tell you, I've never received a gift, and it's been a lot of years since I received it the first time. But as we like to use the expression, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Hallelujah, because just because you received this gift, it may have been 40 years ago. You can come back and draw waters from the well of salvation again. You can get the Holy Ghost again. 
you can receive this experience and the joy of it again. You can receive a renewing all over. If you're feeling weak here tonight, you can be strengthened through being renewed in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, they got all these for people that exercise. They got all these little sports drinks and all these little things that are supposed to put uh, electrolytes back in your body. And you, you've sweated and you've tolled and, and uh, uh, you're, you're weak. And, and suddenly you can drink one of those things and it, you're refreshed by it. And you feel like you could go a little further. And you could, you could take on a little bit more uh, playing basketball, football, whatever it may be. And you can just endure a little longer. I'm going to tell you that's the way it is with the whole Holy Ghost, but times 10, when you come down to an altar and you take a refreshing drink of the waters of salvation, it's breathing in new life. It's giving you the strength that you're going to need to fight the devil. with. You know why we're on this renewal stuff around church? I'll tell you why. It's because we understand and know that there is no matter what we face tomorrow or this week, if we're full of the Holy Ghost, we'll have the power to overcome it. We'll have the strength to walk through it. There's nothing that will be able to hold us down. Praise God. Praise God. Clap your hands to the Lord again. I'll never forget my my experience in the Lord. I was seven years old when I received, uh, maybe I was six when I received the Holy Ghost just, just prior to turning seven. And then when I turned seven early summer and then a little later in the summer, they were having a big baptismal service, and many of the young people were being baptized. Some of them were just a little bit older than I was. And uh, anyway, they, they didn't have a, it was a small church, and they didn't have an indoor baptismal uh, tank with especially warm water. We had to go get baptized at the creek. And I'd been down that creek before and, and afterward, and I'd seen a few things around there that I didn't think was all that good. And uh, there were snakes that inhabited that area. And so, uh, you know, it was a little bit concerning. But I was so eager to get baptized in Jesus' name. And I remember uh, being baptized in the name of the Lord. There's a little low water bridge right there. We waited off in there, and I got baptized. And I don't know what I was expecting. But when I was baptized in Jesus' name, I can still feel the lingering effects and remember how clean and how pure that I felt when I was baptized in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. You guys don't know how good you have it today. Amen. We get to come in here in a climate-controlled building. We got heated water. We got a baptistry. We got changing rooms and baptismal robes. And we had to go out. That was the early days of Pentecost. But you guys got it good now today. But I'm going to tell you, it doesn't matter whether it's in a church, in a baptistry, in an old creek, or a pond somewhere. It's just important that you be baptized in the name of the Lord. And you be totally submerged in that grave. Amen. And those sins are washed away and remitted in the waters of baptism and it is an experience that will keep you. I said it is an experience that will change you. It makes a difference how you baptize, folks. I said it makes a difference how you baptize. you got to take on the name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Well, in, in this particular text in 1 Kings chapter 20, uh, the Bible says that this Syrian arm, army led by King Benadad, they had confronted 
the people of God, Israel, on multiple occasions before. And they could not comprehend or understand how it was happening. I mean, they were stronger. They were well-trained, far more trained than their counterparts, the Israelites. They were more numerous. They were a more sophisticated army. They had better weapons. Yet every time that they attacked or went to battle against the Israelites, the scripture says that they lost. And this left them scratching their head. They could not figure it out because it just looked like logically and on paper and statistically that it should have been a no-brainer. They should have won hands down. I'm going to tell you, there's people still scratching their head and wondering how it is that God works the way he does and moves the way he does and ministers through the people he does and touches lives and changes them as he does. The doctor scratches his head and said, I know that five years ago this person was diagnosed with terminal cancer and I gave them no hope, but something happened between then and now that I don't know how to explain. I'll tell you what happened. Amen. It was the power of prayer and the miracle working power of the Lord Jesus Christ that touched them in their body. The law enforcement looks and said, I know, I know by studying this uh, that this person was on a pattern of destruction. They were on a course uh, that was leading them uh, to life imprisonment uh, or death. But why is it now that they're a good citizen? Why is it now that they have a smile where there used to be constant dread and sadness uh, and they used to be bound by depression and they used to try to alleviate and cope with that depression by doing drugs or drinking alcohol I'll tell you what it is it's nothing other than this Holy Ghost experience that's what it is that can change a person's life come on you still believe the Holy Ghost can radically change somebody's life hallelujah you still believe it's joy unspeakable and full of glory but, but they're, they're trying to figure out why is it that we're losing, kind of like the Democrats in 2016. How is it this happened? How is it that this took place? We can't understand it. We don't know why. And some brainchild come up with the idea, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll take, we've always fought these people in the hills We'll get them in the plain or the valley and we'll engage in a battle there because I surmise that their God is a God of the hills and not a God of the valley. You know, it seems like that upset God because he spoke to the prophet, the man of God. And they went down, here he went down and he uh, told the leaders of the Israelites he said, because they said that, we're going to prove something to them. Amen. And I'm going to give you your greatest victory. You've beat them in the past. 
You've won the victory against them in times gone by. But I'm going to give you a greater victory than you've ever had before in the valley. And a hundred thousand men before the day was over in one day was slew by the Israelites. That's a whole lot of victory, folks. I said that's a whole lot of victory. And you gotta, you got to remember this is back in the day, uh, a primitive warfare. This is a day unlike today. They didn't have massive bombs to drop on them. This was a lot of times hand-to-hand combat. And yet there was 100,000 that fell that day. And God gave them the victory in the valley. What was he trying to prove? I'll tell you what he was trying to prove. Uh, is that you don't always have to feel like you're up here to get the victory. You don't always have to feel like things is on top shelf to get what you need. Amen. You don't walk by feeling. Uh, you don't have to be up here in the clean air of the mountaintop uh, to feel like I can get something from God. But you may be walking through troubles and trials and difficulty and challenge. You may be struggling with some things. You may be fighting some things in your life. There may be a battle going on between years, but you could still come to the house of God. You could still walk in here right in the midst of the valley and say, God, I need some victory in my life. And God said, I'm going to give you the greatest victory that you've ever seen or had before. If you'll just believe me, if you'll just trust me, if you I just feel like here tonight I'm preaching to somebody that's been walking through the valley. You've been walking through a difficult time. I come to tell you, you can have victory right where you are. You can overcome right where you are. Amen. It doesn't matter what you may be facing, what you may be going through. You can get what you need where you are tonight. Oh, somebody said, well, if I could just get through this, then I could get something for God. If I could just overcome this, then I could get my prayer answered. Oh, no, you got it all wrong. We don't walk by feelings. We got faith that God is able to reach to us where we are. Praise God. Come on, somebody, lift up your voice and clap your hands to the Lord. Musicians, come, please. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Matter of fact, the majority of the battles that I read about in Scripture that were won by the people of God were fought in a valley. Talk about David and Goliath. The giant was slain. Where? In the valley of Elah. Amen. Oh, many times. That's where victory came for God's people was when they were in the valley. I'm going to tell you, trials, they're tools in the hands of God to bring about triumph in our life and victory in our life and strength in our life. If we don't look at them and engage them and say, well, I just can't. You know what? We can look at our circumstances and let it hinder our faith and our belief in God. We could size things up by the size of the giant like the the brethren of David did. But David had an understanding about the valley. Matter of fact, in 23 of Psalms, he said, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art, thou art, somebody needs to get that. He doesn't leave you when you're in the valley. 
Come on, we've had people right here this year that knows what I'm talking about. I'm looking back there by the jet blue. Amen. He's here not because God left him in the valley, but God was with him in the valley. And God hears you pray when you're in the valley. God sees you worship when you're in the valley. He sees you exercise your faith when you're in the valley. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to tell you right where you are in the valley. You need to go ahead and worship God and give praise to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm a little reluctant to tell this, but I feel like that you will understand where I'm coming from. All of us know Sister Wendell. We all know the great ministry that was started in Ethiopia and it exists there today and the strong church that is there our church has been connected to that and uh, for many years now but they left right over here in Old City her and her husband years ago they left Old City Louisiana and they went over to Ethiopia on a five year stint the government over there was very unstable at the time and after five years, they had to leave almost overnight the country. And in their time there, they just had a little handful of people that they had won to God. And many of them were through a leper colony that they had to work in because the government said the only re- way you can stay here is that you, you've got to work in this uh, humanitarian type situation you can't just come over here and build a church, but you've got to work in this on the, on the day hours, and then you can do the church in the evening or whenever else that you have time. And so they labored there for five years, and it seemed like very little results. And, uh, of course, when they had to come back, they felt defeated, and there were several other things that worked into this. But in a very low point, uh, Brother Wendell was so depressed and overcome with depression that he took his own life. And a lot of people didn't understand it. People couldn't get their minds around that. And it looked like the end to everything. But you know, in just that five years, just in that time that they were there, uh, uh, we look back now and we know that, uh, that Brother Solomon, his wife, lived with them during that period of time. And they were able to disciple her and help her. And they won uh, others like Brother Solomon. And just a little handful and nucleus of people. But to this day, amen, there's been thousands of people that have received the Holy Ghost in Ethiopia as a result of their labor there. Amen. You know, I want to tell you. The, the devil would try to get somebody down in the valley and get you to react negative to those feelings. But what you need to do is respond in faith and realize uh, the show's not over yet, devil. Oh, come on. The last chapter's not been written yet, devil. I want you to know there's seeds that's been planted here. And God is watching me and my reaction and my response and how I walk this thing out. Amen. And if God honors his word, he's got to honor my faith. Amen. I'm going to just tell you something. God honors faith wherever he can find it. 
you, you sometimes look around and say, how could God do it for them? I'll tell you what he was looking for from the very get-go was faith. And wherever he finds it, they may not qualify to you, but faith is what he's looking for. And if you got faith, you can get your healing. If you got faith, you can get your miracle. If you got faith, you can get your breakthrough tonight. I wonder if there's somebody that said, yeah, I may be in the valley, but I got faith that God is going to bring me through and God is going to give me victory right where I'm at. God's going to give me fresh vision. God's going to give me fresh anointing right here in this valley. If you feel that, I want you to step out from where you are. Make your way to this front right now. All across this building, everybody, let's come. Let's taste the victory tonight.